Good day, this is Terry Mighty. You're listening to Asian Music Digital. It's my podcast right here on Anchor FM. It's been a while since I launched one. I've been traveling a bit. Just came back from New York. I was uh, out there doing the Urban Desi conference and concert, um, raising awareness about the forthcoming uh, Urban Desi documentary and also filming behind the scenes as I've been doing for three years now around there. And also I've been filming for well over a decade behind the scenes with my video diaries. I've uh, been evangelizing a lot about the documentary, the purpose of it covering the past 30 to 40 years of modern history. Um, I also met some incredible people, including one of the founders, the godfathers of hip-hop, and talked to him about the Urban Desi movement. He's really excited. He's actually on board as one of my mentors and advisors. So big shout-out to Cold Crush Crew. Um, I'm really excited. Easy, thank you so much for um, spending time with me and giving me your blessings, and I'll be in touch with you really soon. Uh, those of you that don't know about Cold Crush Crew, you need to go check them out. Go on Spotify or your favorite streaming platform, whatever it might be, iTunes, Ghana, whatever. Although I'm not sure. I'll be very surprised if Ghana have Cold Crush Crew. That would be a test. In fact, I'm going to go on go on the Ghana app right now and I'm going to check that out. So that has uh, been my sort of past couple of weeks. Um, I'm now back going to be giving you some more updates from tomorrow. Just thought I'd give you a little bit of a brief update. There's no real substance to this, but as you know, if you are a listener to the Asian Music Digital Podcast, you'll know that I'm, I'm a statistical man and I'm all about statistics. Excuse the background noise. As you know, I record this on my mobile phone. I did lose my mobile phone uh, on my travels. Um, and hence that's one of the reasons why I wasn't able to broadcast as much, but I am now back. In fact, I didn't lose my mobile phone, it was uh, kindly stolen by somebody, so uh, it was blocked, so that useless piece of plastic slash metal is now with somebody. Okay, I will be back soon. Follow the socials at Asian Music Digital. If you're interested uh, finding more about the documentary, it is going to be a major part of my life over the next year or so, so you will, you will hear more about it. The Urban Desi documentary is about the past 30 to 40 years of South Asian youth movement. Basically, South Asians living outside of India, Pakistan, Sri Lanka, Bangladesh, who have been producing music and creating a lifestyle. I'm not just focusing on the music, I'm focusing very much on the lifestyle. So we're talking about diet, we're talking about cars, we're talking about fashion, we're talking about art, we're talking about language, we're talking about all sorts of things that make up a lifestyle, the Urban Desi movement. Urban being obviously the place of dwelling, but Desi being of South, in, South Asian origin. And there's a real combination there, bilingual, trilingual uh, uh, music, but there's also, like I said, the art lifestyle that goes around it. Very vibrant, very colourful. Some of you will know Punjabi MC that's being part of that movement, Jay Sean or Raghav or Apache Indian or UK Apache and Shy FX. Some of you will, will resonate more with the underground movements, uh, like Asian Dub Foundation. Uh, essentially, if it has an urban feel or an urban origin, um, but it also has an Asian um, element to the music, then I guess it would be classed as Urban Desi, although some will shun that name. I know a few years ago there was a little documentary on YouTube, What is Bourbon? B-U-R, Brown Urban, B-U-R-B-A-N. And um, I did a little YouTube documentary, a three-part series you can watch on YouTube. Just type in What is Bourbon? You find out there's a movement of rappers that were kind of not really into it. It's interesting that those same rappers, many of them, are now in the Urban Desi conference and concert. So I don't think title matters to them so much. 
but there was this definite resistance towards the Urban Desi brand, which, by the way, I'm told I was one of the first people to coin that phrase, if not the first, for the purposes of ringtones or digital downloads. So uh, I needed to create a category that was non-Bangra and non-Bollywood, and I called it Urban Asian, and then when I moved to the States with Desi Hits, uh, in America they called Asians uh, Desis, otherwise you're sort of Eastern, uh, or Eastern Asian, or what they used to call Oriental. I don't know if that's politically correct to stay anymore, uh, but um, nonetheless, Urban Desi became a genre. And uh, I used to do a show called Terry Mardi's Guide to Urban Desi. I did over 100 podcasts back in the day, 2005, 6 and 7. So, uh, yeah, I, had to, I felt like I needed to do a guide. <laughs> it was that early and nascent. I need to explain what is Urban Desi. And this documentary is a follow-up to that. All right, peace out, guys. Follow me on Asian Music Digital on every social media platform. Good day, this is Terry Mardi. It is the 17th of April, 2018, and I'm back with a segment after a couple of weeks hiatus, having been traveling. One of the things that I've discovered in the past few weeks is the difference between people who talk about music as art and people who talk about music as content. And I then saw, um, serendipitously, a tweet from an artist and a friend called Raghav, who I worked with many years ago. Uh, who tweeted that if you are an artist still calling your music content, you're devaluing it. You should always refer to it as art. And I tend to agree with that. I think there's an incredible um, difference between the two. So vast that if you allow the industry to talk about your music as content, then it becomes sort of devalued grossly. There, let's not forget the emotional benefits of music. Music itself, as an art form, has a tremendous value, which we're trying to quantify in more ways than others, not from a fiscal perspective. We understand that. There's enough data and science out there to understand this is how much it's worth in money. But what are the knock-on effects of music? What is the impact? What is the emotional impact, the social impact, in terms of uh, mood and... Um, motivation or perhaps cohesiveness within communities. If we look at the, the hidden values um, and make them less hidden, I feel like we can really establish more in the line of uh, art in the music conversation in business rather than it being simply content. But it all starts with the artists. I think you out there, you really need to start talking about your art as art and creating a piece of art whether it's a masterpiece or a mood or something that really reflects a feel, there is an element of marketing and all of those thoughts that need to come into it. But those usually can be uh, thought about afterwards. There are creatives out there that can market great art. Um, and that's what art dealers do. Um, and that's, I don't see the difference between art dealers and uh, music distributors or music labels. Now, streaming platforms and uh, digital giants like that, like Google uh, with YouTube and their remix platform and Geo and Wink and all of these guys, Sarvan, Ghana, Spotify, Apple, etc. These platforms for music ultimately carry an audience value, just like Netflix does, and therefore the subscription model or advertising model feeds um, the ecosystem for more and more art although they'll call it content. And so it's very important that we start to 
realize that value. There are some realists out there that are thinking, Terry, we, we can't have this battle. It's a long-winded one and one that we probably won't win for years. However, it is that small number of people within the industry um, that is growing day by day that are further highlighting the fact that this is art and its art has value that is actually changing things at Washington, changing things in Congress, changing things in, in British government, changing things in Indian government to recognize things like the IPRS, which is the Indian Collection Society for Royalties. Um, it's, it takes campaigning, it takes lobbying. And so I think it's really important that we have this discussion. And it's really important that you, first of all, acknowledge that there is a problem here. And so my message to you artists out there is, are you ready to look at your work critically and decide for yourself if the piece of music that you made, the single, the EP, the album, is it really art to you? And if it is, calling it art, how would you present it to the world differently? It's a language thing, but it's also a way to approach things. Remember, we think in a language. Yeah, you know, you don't. If you if you're only if you don't know how to speak Russian, it's unlikely that your thoughts will be in Russian. Maybe they're visual. Maybe your thoughts are in a language that is you know, non-spoken. If there is a sound, I'd be curious to know. Please do call in using the Anchor app. You can use that feature on the Anchor FM app. Um, do let me know. I'd love to hear your thoughts on, you know, how do you think about your music? And, you know, and what do your thoughts sound like as well? That's a second sort of bonus question there for some of you. Anyway, that's uh, all for now. Do catch me. Thanks for subscribing on uh, iTunes. Leave a comment for us and rate us. Uh, if you listen to it anywhere else, it would be really appreciated if you could share the links with people that can benefit from Asian Music Digital. Peace.